0: Again, Happy Father's Day this morning, and I had to uh, debate between uh, I had a debate between that video, which absolutely puts uh, today's message in the proper perspective of what I'm going to talk about in just a few moments, but there was another one um, that was uh, a dad joke support group. Does anybody know what a dad joke is? my I didn't I didn't know what a dad joke was either, um, but apparently I I tell them pretty often. And so, since I don't have uh, the video, I'm just going to share with you some examples of what dad jokes are. And those of you who are nodding your heads, if you have one or you, your dad or yourself has told one that you still thinks funny and you're wondering why nobody else is laughing at it, um, I'll give you a chance to share in just a second. But here's, what they, here's just a few of the dad jokes that were in that video. It says, uh daughter asks, Dad, can we take the stairs? Father says, I don't know about taking the stairs. They're always up to something. See, I thought that was all right, right? I told my wife not to outline her her eyebrows so high, and she looked surprised. (laughs) A guy tried to sell me a coffin, but I told him that's the last thing I need. That takes about 10 seconds to come through. And then uh, a father of the video's water, uh, his wife, his water bre- her water breaks and he announces to the crowd, my wife's water just broke. I guess the baby finally ran out of womb. So we have this way of, um, of uh, dads have this way of maybe uh, of their own creativity of finding ways, uh, whether it's jokes or even every man I've ever known. They have this thing that they do or multiple things that they do that works for them. and doesn't really work for anybody else. Nobody else does it, but it works for them and it's kind of their thing. And they, they kind of do that that way. And maybe somebody else will catch on and someone else will start doing it too. Um, my family made me aware of that last night and I, I still think this is going to catch on. Okay. So I noticed on my cell phone that, um, Uh, about a year ago that you can do dictation on it. That means you can speak something and then you can, it'll text it for you. So that works out great. Like when you're in the car or something, I'm not going to text back or anything right now I'm driving, but then by the time I get to where I'm going to get, I'm going to forget that you even texted me. It'll be hours. So I think the best thing I can do for someone is just respond, but I have to do it through dictation. Well, the problem is that when you dictate, it usually makes some errors. So what am I going to do? I'm going to sit in a car and go back and revise it while I'm trying to drive. So I have come up with this method that works for me, and it doesn't seem to work for anyone else, and I get made fun of it pretty often. All right? So before I do a voice text, I put the words voice text colon next to that. And then so all of the errors that you're going to see in the rest of the text Um, you understand why there's errors. And I figure you can translate it, but I can get you the message as quickly as possible. So how many of you have got a text like that for me that said voice text? Thank you. See, you understand. And just so this catches on, my my wife and daughters got me a shirt last night. Right there. Okay. This says voice text colon. All right. So this will be my my new band, and it's going to catch on, guys, I promise. So if you want to dictate, you can send your text a lot faster. Just tell them that it's a voice text so they don't get confused and think you're a moron when you spell all these words wrong, okay? All right. Well, this thing works for us. Uh, it, hey, it works for me, and I think it's going to catch on for, for everybody else. But today I want to preach a message called Father of Lights, and it's the passage is in James 1, 16 through 18. Uh, Rod had read the passage to us, and we're going to get to it in just a little bit. But I told you about five weeks ago when it was Mother's Day that, you know, Mother's Day is, is the hardest Sunday to preach because I've never been a mom before. I'm not a female. And, but Father's Day is becoming a close second to me. And because when I was younger and I just started having kids and before I had kids, I had a hunch, I think I know what's, what's going on here. I think I know what I'm supposed to do and what it means to be a father. And the longer I do this, the truth is I realize I have no idea. (laughs) And so maybe dads you're with me and maybe you've experienced that, whether you're a father today or as a, as a parent, it actually doesn't get any easier and you get a greater grip. It seems to actually keep getting harder and more confusing and, and, and things come up that like, I, I thought we would approach that this way, but now that it's right in front of us, I don't know. So just like is, 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 many things you you have a really good grip on things until it actually happens to you. And so, um, I am, uh, I, I was, I got to listen to my, I got to go see my favorite musician the other day and I was reminded of one of his songs. He said he started a song and it took him years to write it, but it, it started like this. It said, I am learning to be a father, but I really don't know how. And that was the end of the song for like 10 years. <laughs> that was it. And then finally had to come back and revisit it and start figuring out what the Lord was speaking to him. And that's a a lot of what I'm building on this morning. I have been reading this book um, called Parenting by Paul Tripp, Gospel Foundations uh, to Parent On. And a couple of you have gotten a copy of this book and I shared a few pieces of it in Mother's Day. And I told you I would return for a few points in it today. But... What I have been fascinated by it as I read it, just as I do the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that the gospel in this book, which is what it's all about, continues to let me off the hook as a parent and challenge me to do more than I've ever done before at the same time. I don't know how you you might think, how can that happen? How how can you read something that, that is full of grace and like you're fine? You're still in it. You're going to keep coming after it, but then also to challenge you uh, to be the man of God and to be the person you were created to be to your parents at the same time. And so that's exactly what this does. And the truth is that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ does. When you pick it up as a parent in need of life, in need of direction in need of clarity um, in raising your kids. And so I hope that you will join me as a man, as a father, as a grandfather, and for everyone else as a parent or a grandparent in need of a savior this morning and realizing that I don't care what season of life you're in, if you've got kids, your job as a parent is not over. It doesn't end when they turn 18. There is still a lot of work to be done and there's still, there is still God-given work that he created you for that is not over yet in the lives of your kids. So we all need to be a community when we talk about parenting together. We all need to realize that those of us among us who are our elders have, have got something that they can pass on. They've had successes and they've had failures that we all need to learn from. But we all need to be people whose hearts are soft and ready to receive from the word of God this morning. So will you open up your hearts with me to the word of God as we explore a few things, as we look at Paul Tripp and some various texts in scripture. So we you join me as we begin with a word of prayer? Well, Lord, you're good. Your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are better than ours. Your thoughts are deeper than ours. Your love is stronger. And today we've come together on Father's Day celebrating the men in our life that have led us, that have challenged us, that have empowered us, inspired us, and been there for us to model after and on Father's Day, we all must be reminded of our Father in heaven who desires a relationship with us, who is longing for a deeper, more intimate walk with us today. And if we will open up our hearts and let him, we can be empowered and changed today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm just going to pull uh, three things Three things out of Paul Tripp's book, three principles that I think are really key, especially to, to fatherhood. But but I, I, I want to be clear, this isn't a book written just to fathers. This is a book written to parents. And again, the book is called Parenting by Paul Tripp. If you would ever want to get a copy, I would encourage you to. Um, we've ordered them for, for a few others. But the first one is process. You must be committed as a parent to long-view parenting Because change is a process and not an event. Have you ever said as a parent, I have tried everything and it hasn't worked? Well, how do you know that it hasn't worked yet? How do you know that it isn't working? How do you know that at some point it won't kick in? See, I thought this video was brilliant because these dads were kind of shocked when they said, oh, 18 It puts into perspective what we all need to hear this morning as parents, those of you that have kids, those of you that that, that are watching your kids raise kids, that this isn't just about what is going on today and the stress that is happening in your home in this moment and the habits in your kids' lives that don't seem to change and the patterns that are happening. But ultimately, one day, what is the big picture that you're wanting for them? What is it that that you want to see happen in their life? Where are you taking them? Because then all of a sudden, you don't have to put so much pressure on this moment. And see, if we're, if we're people that understand that parenting is a process, it's not we don't got to fix everything today and figure out why would they, they keep acting like this and, and and why they won't listen to me because there are some things that you can fix and there's some things that you should, but you're not going to get your hand on everything. You're not going to be able to get a grip on everything that is going on in your home and in your child's life right this second because I want to release you. You weren't created to you were created to be in partnership with the living God who you yourself are in a process of relationship with him. And he is still working in your life today, just like you are still working in the life of your child. It's not all going to be resolved tomorrow. Your kids aren't going to quit fighting with each other in the car tomorrow. Although that would be great, Allison, Addison, and Daisy, who's downstairs. If it can end tomorrow, that would be amazing. All right? We don't know what to do, right? We keep trying. We don't know what to do to get it to stop. It keeps happening. But one day they're going to understand in this process what it is they're doing to each other, what it is they're saying to each other, why they're acting the way that they're acting. And it's not just going to be mom and dad's words that's going to do it. It's going to be the spirit of God working in their life. It's going to be other influences and other parents, other teachers, other people that are going to come alongside us in community to reveal to them who they are and who they were created to be. And you need to understand that's why you, as my brothers and sisters in Christ, are so incredibly important in my kids' lives. They need to hear it from more than just mom and dad. They need to hear these things from you as well. And so parenting is a process, a process that we must all embrace together, but we must be men uh, speaking to the men. We must be men that are in a process, in a moving, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul Tripp was pretty frank when he talked about this on page 94 of his book. He says, what gets in the way of good parenting is not a lack of opportunity. What gets in the way of good parenting is not the character of your child. What gets in the way of parenting is one thing, the character of the parent. We turn God-given moments of ministry into reasons to be re- reasons to be angry. We respond with impatience to moments where patience is required. We are self-righteous in moments where we're called to confess that we are more like our children than unlike. We throw threats at moments where quiet wisdom is what is needed. We take personal offense in places where we're being called to compassion and understanding. And we're often mad at our children, not because they have broken God's law, but because they have gotten in the way of the laws of our peace and comfort. There are times when we are demanding when we should be serving. And sadly, there are moments when we are mad that our children need us to walk down the hall and parent them once more. The truth is we must embrace the process. It's happening all around you. The opportunities to parent will not end. And so rather than thinking that we have to fix everything today, embrace the moments that you are given today. Secondly, Authority. Second point is authority says one of the the foundational heart issues in the life of every child is authority. Second Corinthians 515. Second Corinthians 515 says this. It says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. So this text reveals to us the problem. Self-rule. I'm living for myself. This is the issue of authority. See, spiritual authority is so deep and so powerful that we—I don't have time, and not even one sermon, but maybe a year to understand it. Because there's there, there's this mystery that if, if you can capture this, the whole rest of your life will be changed. That when you come under the greatest authority, the true authority in all of the world, you then possess all the authority in the world. I know that's deep. You're like, Pastor Brody, I think you've said that before. That doesn't mean anything to me, so I'm going to say it again. When you come under the true authority in all the world, you possess all the authority in all the world. What I'm talking about is, is what's called ambassadorial authority. He is the living God. When we submit to God as the creator, we have been given all the rights and dominion that he has. And if you'll believe it, there have been men and women that have walked on this earth that have done amazing supernatural miracles because they understood the authority that they had been given by God. But it goes way beyond supernatural authority. It goes, it goes beyond your own relationships. It goes beyond the circumstances in your life that you are sent by God. But if you're the one who's ruling, if you are the only true authority in your life, you will never get that because it will always be about you. It will always be stressful to you. It will always be challenging for you. And you always will be pursuing your own agenda. But we are about him. We are sent by him. We are his ambassadors. Things begin to change for us. See, Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says this, and this is speaking to parents and to fathers. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you. Hey, leave that up there for a second. It says, "Children, obey your parents." Where in the Lord, obey your parents in the Lord. That there's a connection between how the children obey and the type of uh, and how the parents are parenting. And the the key there is in the Lord. Well, then here, let's see what it says in the next verse. In verse four, fathers, or it says, you may enjoy a long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. That means stir them to anger, whether that be things that you do, your sins of omission or your sins of commission, the things that you do in a child's life that would stir them to anger or all the things that you don't do. We have a lot of that that's taking place in our world today. A lot of places where fathers weren't present that are stirring young men, young women to anger and, and leading life down a track that they were never created for. But it says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Reveal to them who the authority is in your life, that everything that you are sharing with them is coming down from authority that not they have to submit to that you are in submission to, as well as their parent. See, authority will never authority will just seem narcissistic if it's just this stuff that dad wants to to power over me. He doesn't exercise anything that he does, but he tells me to. That makes no sense at all. But when we are men under authority, under the living God, and we 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 can be honest with our children about the things that we struggle with, the things that we are still trying to place under God's authority. All of this becomes fluid and it's something that happens as a family together. We are men and women and young men and young women that are in need of a savior that need to understand our own authority. Moving on to the next one. This is another point that he makes that I thought was brilliant. He talks about false gods in the lives of our kids. He says, you are parenting a worshiper. So it's important to remember that what rules your child's heart will control his or her behavior. Maybe you've noticed someone in your family, a girl that spends all of her time in the bathroom and looking at fashion magazines and taking selfies and then having multiple attempts at the filters until she gets it right. There's something that she is worshiping there That is not the living God. And see, we have to capture that there, your children's heart, you yourself sitting there have been created with this massive capacity in your soul to worship. But if that capacity is not placed in worship to the living God, you will find something else to worship and your kids will find something else to worship. See, and please don't think I'm thinking of the small word worship, meaning what you do here on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about the things that you give your life to. You give your energy to. You give all your thoughts to. It's the things that you can't quit thinking about. We see people do this with their jobs. We see people do this with relationships. We see this happen with vanity, like the illustration that I just gave you. But your young men and your young women were created to worship. So what is ruling their heart? And as we try to answer that question on behalf of our kids, we have to also turn and answer it of ourselves. What is ruling my heart? What is pulling me in the different directions that pull me away from the living God? See, I hope that as we talk for just a few moments that you realize that, because I know I have, that being a parent should make you cry out, and be reminded that you are in need of God. Because sometimes, even sometimes when we try some things and do a really, and feel like we're communicating something correctly, things get lost in communication, which is why, again, this is a good idea, okay? Sometimes things get lost in communication. You need to come back and say, hey, that's not what I meant to say. Uh, things got all messed up. All I was meaning to communicate was this. But sometimes that happens. We, we say things that we don't mean. We respond in ways that are, that are in anger, and we, and we feel like we've made such a negative influence. Well, I want to promise you that you're still in process. Your, your time as a parent or as a grandparent isn't over. That, that, that you, you keep submitting to the true authority and keep worshiping the living God and removing all the other idols out of your life. The text that Rod read for us earlier was James 1, through 18. I want to share this text with you again. It says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we, he's talking about you, he's talking about me, he's talking about the men and women of God that that are Christ followers, might be the kind of first fruits of all that he created that others would see you and recognize what it looks like to be a man after God. This is what it looks like in Paul's life. This is what it looks like in James's life. We must be first fruits. This is why it's so necessary, men, that we are men in process, men with great authority because we are under authority, men of worship. And the father of lights in this text does not exasperate his children, but we must heed the warning of the destruction that we have the capacity to create. In the book of Genesis, I want you to understand this idea of what this whole father of lights is all about. He's saying that he's giving, he's the the one who created light, and everything that he has to give his children is G-O-O-D, good. In the book of Genesis, it says that in the beginning, the, the world was formless and empty, And it says the Lord brought forth light and he said that it was, anybody know what the next word is? Good. He didn't say that the darkness was bad because there's going to be some darkness in life. There's going to be some things that we don't understand sometimes when it seems like we're left in the dark. But what father God was able to do was to shine light in dark places And fathers today, and you can go ahead and begin to pass all of those out. I'm a man. going to pass out a little flashlight to give to, to every every dad today. If we have enough, we can probably give one to every man today. Um, I think we probably will be uh, to give to 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 everyone this morning. I just called her babe in church. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do that. But. This shining of light, there's a couple of analogies that I want to share with you we talk about this. The Lord said that it was good. He, he, he sent light, he, he sent the light to cover over the darkness and he said that it was good. He said when he, when he and, 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 and the, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about what a, what a husband is supposed to do with his wife. He is called to affirm her like with the washing of water with the word of God. That there is this, for lack of a better word, darkness. There is this corruption. There is just stuff that sticks on us in life. And as the men of your homes, we are called to shine light in all of the dark places to reveal what is good. And you need to understand something. There still doesn't mean that we're not, because we're not, what happens is sometimes we have challenge in life. And maybe we want to run to a father just to make it all go away. But that's not what our heavenly father does. He exposes the light on the challenge and reveals to us what this really is, the person this is making us, and who, it's, who we're created to be someday with the conflict, with, with work, with the, the things that we're going to have to do to, to someday be able to, be able to take care of ourselves. We just need men in our life to shine light on all of the dark places. When Jesus was baptized, he said there was a dove that came upon him. And the language that was heard from heaven was that this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. If our father God needed us to hear this word that has been passed on from generation to generation to shine light, it said the dove came in like light from heaven, like a dove from heaven and an affirmation of his son. Men. We all need to be people that know how to affirm those in our life, to shine light in all the dark places, remind them of who they are, remind them of who they were created to be, because ultimately we are men in process, men under authority, and men who are worshipers. So I want to challenge as we close service today, I want to ask all everybody who's got a flashlight in your hand, to. I want you to feel this in your hand, and I want everybody to stand up. Please stand up, all the guys stand up. And all the ladies, find someone and, and place your hand on them in prayer. I want you to feel this in your hand because this flashlight, which you can turn on with a, just a simple click, that's how easy it is for you to shine light on dark places in the lives of your kids, of your family, of your grandkids. Open up your mouth and speak life. Open up your mouth and affirm, because the goodness, the power with your words that you create and shine light on all the dark places will make an eternal impact in the lives of your kids and reveal to them who their true authority is, who they were created to worship, and who they were meant to be in the process of relationship with in their life. So lay your hands and let's pray for all the men in this church this morning. Lord, thank you for all of the men that you have placed in in my life that have influenced me and and shine light in dark places so that I can see the truth and be the man that I was created to be. But Lord, now in this moment, I pray for each and every dad, every grandparent, every stepdad, everyone in this room who is serving in the role as a parent or a patriarch, a father, a grandparent, I pray is that flashlight is in their hand and they have the power to click it on at any moment, it's small, it's portable. They can take it with it, whatever, wherever they go, they don't have to manufacture it. It is theirs. They, they have been possessed with the ability to create and bring life to dark places, given to them by their own father of lights, who everything that he has to give us is good, And so, Lord, I pray that these men would recognize the power that they have in their soul, the power that they have with the words that they say, the power that they have to create with their hands, the power they have to love, to empower, to have passion, to challenge, to encourage, and to empower, even when it seems like like, like, like someone is struggling and in fear that they can't go on any further. You have anointed men with this ability to bring forth light. May they receive their calling this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. offertory thought this morning all shall give as they are able according to the blessing of the lord your god that he has given to you would the ushers please come forward Pray with me.